जय यशोदानंद जय ब्रजजन रंजन जय यशोदानंदना जय ब्रजजन रंजन जय यमुना तीरावन चारी जय कुंज बिहारी जय यमुना तीरावन चारी जय कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधव जय कुंज हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे
हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे जय प्रभु पदा जय प्रभु पदा जय प्रभु पदा श्रील प्रभु पदा जय जय प्रभु 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 जय जय प्रभु जयम विश्वपाद परमहंस परिवराचकाचार्य अष्टोत्तर श्री श्रीमद्रीवन ग्रे शेषी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी महाराज श्रील प्रभुपाद की जय जयम विष्णुपाद परमहंस परिवराचकाचार्य अष्टोत्तर श्री श्रीमद भक्ति सिद्धांत सृष्ठाकूर महाराज श्रील प्रभुपाद की जय आनंद कोड़ी वैष्णवृंद की जय नामाचार्य श्रील हरिदास ठाकुर की जय प्रेम से कहो जय श्री कृष्ण जैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री द्वैत गदाधर श्रीवासादि गौर भक्त वृंद की जय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की जय जय निताय गौर प्रेमानंदे और ग्लोरी से असेंबली बुड्स ऑल गोरी से असेंबली बुड्स ऑल गोरी से असेंबली बुड्स ऑल गोरी श्री गुरु गौरंग और ग्लोरी शील प्रभुपाद की जय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय We are reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 10, entitled Prahlad, the best among exalted devotees. Verse number 12. Kathamadiyya Jushamana Priyastvam आवेश्य मामात्मनि संतमेकम् सर्वेशु भूदेशु अधियत्यमीशम् एजस्वयोगे नचकार महिन्वन् कथामदिया जुषमाना प्रियास्तुम् आवेश्यमामात्मनि संतमेकम् 
सर्वेशु ಯಜಸ್ವಯೋಗೇನಚಕಾರ್ಮಹಿನ್ವನ್ಕಥಾಮೀಯಾಶಮಾಶಮಾಶಮಾಶಮಾಶಮಾಶಮಾಶಮ
Santam existing. Ekam one the same Supreme Soul. Sarveshu in all. Bhuteshu living entities. Adhyatnyam the enjoyer of all ritualistic ceremonies. Isham the Supreme Lord. Yajaswa worship. Yogena by Bhakti Yoga. Devotional service. Cha also. Karma fruitive activities. Hinnuan giving up. Translation It does not matter that you are in the material world. You should always continuously hear the instructions and messages given by me and always be absorbed in thought of me. For I am the super soul existing in the core of everyone's heart. Therefore, give up fruitive activities and worship me. Purport by His Divine Grace, Sri Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. When a devotee becomes materially very opulent, one should not think that he is enjoying the results of his fruitive activities. A devotee in this material world uses all material opulences for the service of the Lord because he is planning how to serve the Lord with these opulences as advised by the Lord himself. Whatever material opulence is within his possession, he engages to expand the glories and service of the Lord. A devotee never performs any fruitive or ritualistic ceremony to enjoy the results of such karma. Rather, a devotee knows that karmakanda is meant for the less intelligent man. Narottam Das Thakur says in his Prema Bhakti Chandrika, Karmakanda, Yanakanda, Kevala Vishir Bhanda. Both Karmakanda and Yanakanda, fruitive activities and speculations about the Supreme Lord are like pots of poison. One who is human being, sorry, one who is attracted to Karmakanda and Yanakanda spoils his existence as a human being. Therefore, a devotee is never interested in Karmakanda or Yanakanda, but is simply interested in favorable service to the Lord, Anukulyena Krishnana Shilanam, or cultivation of spiritual activities in devotional service. Om Jnana Timiranthasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamahyam Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yuta Padagamalam Shri Guru Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Rekunathanyutam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishaghanyutamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dinabandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute 
तप्तकांजना गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिय वाछकल्पदूभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिता पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवभ्यो नमो नम जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्रीअद्वैत गदाधा श्रीवासादिगौर्भक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे भूतैर्महात्मा विभु निर्माशेतमूषपुरुष भुंक्ते गुणाषोडशोडशात्मक सोलंकृशीष्ठ भगवान्चासी मे हरे कृष्णा वी आर एट द ट्वेल्थ वर्स ऑफ टेन्थ चैप्टर ऑफ दिस कैंटो हियर द लॉर्ड इज इंस्ट्रक्टिंग प्रहलाद महाराज in the previous chapter prahlad maharaj offered such beautiful and wonderful prayers to lord narsimhadev probably one of the longest prayers in shrimad bhagavatam it is rich with devotion philosophically very profound and at the same time it is very relatable to any sadhaka because prahlad maharaj is presenting himself as a sadhaka and so he is presenting the problems that we are going through even though he is not really going through any problems he is presenting himself as one among ourselves so this is the prayers in the ninth canto and then there is this conversation between the supreme lord and pralad maharaj here the lord is instructing pralad and in the previous verse we can see that the lord gave one instruction that can look quite difficult for anyone to understand which is you enjoy all material opulences so here in the verse 11 the lord is telling yes you don't desire for any material desire you don't desire for any material opulences in the whole 45 or 50 verses in the previous chapter prahlad maharaj never asked for anything material rather he was condemning material opulences saying the temporary nature of the material opulences however the lord is telling even though you are not at all interested in material desires i am going to instruct you to enjoy material opulences and i am giving you material opulences and that for a very long time for one manvantara it's such a long time and pralad maharaj has to enjoy the kingdom as the king of the demons and in this way it vishwanathakur explains further that look the lord is telling that this is the quality of a pure devotee a pure devotee is least bothered about material opulence or sense gratification not interested so i am just giving only for one manvantara 
from the Lord perspective, one manantra is not that long. From our perspective, it is very long. But from the Lord's perspective, it is not that long. You just go through this for one manantra. And after that, I'll take this back. So don't be angry with me. Just enjoy this. Generally, devotees may be very uh, excited to hear this. <laughs> Especially if you are conditioned. Many of us are, including me. So if we offer material opulences and tell, okay, you enjoy. The Lord says one may be very much happy about it. However, that is not the mood of Prahlad Maharaj. So Prahlad Maharaj is thinking, why the Lord is again throwing me in this ocean of material existence. This is like a dark hole. And why the Lord is again putting me in this material existence. So that is the mood of Prahlad Maharaj. He is least bothered about enjoyment. At the same time, he is really worried about it. Because we can hear that in the previous chapter. He condemns this material existence and the suffering. So he carries that strong mood and when the Lord is giving what he is not at all desiring for, then he is not very happy in that sense. That's why we can say in the previous chapter, uh, kindly give the shelter of your devotees. I don't want anything else. So that is the mood of Prahlad Maharaj. So is it possible for Prahlad Maharaj to enjoy materially? Can he ever enjoy materially? Or can he ever derive satisfaction in material enjoyment? No one can derive satisfaction in material enjoyment. As Srila Prabhupada said, material desire is something which cannot be fulfilled. That is the definition of <laughs> material desires by Srila Prabhupada. Something which can never be satisfied. So that desire is material desire, it can never be satisfied. And of course, Prahlad Maharaj, in one of the famous verses from the previous chap chapter, reveals his own consciousness. Very famous verse. So Prahlad Maharaj says, I am not at all suffering. I am not at all bothered. I am not suffering at all. Why? There is a reason for, for that because he is completely engaged in glorifying the Supreme Lord and so he is practically speaking, he is completely enjoying the nectar of devotion. Paraduratya Vaitaranya. He is not worried about Vaitaranya. Vaitaranya is the river, it's the obstacle. <laughs> Vaitaranya simply means obstacles. And there's a river called Vaitaranya in the boundary, Vaitarani River, the boundary of the material and the spiritual world. So it is so difficult to cross over. He is not worried about the material existence as such because Todvirya Gayana Mahamrta Magnachitta. He is completely absorbed in Mahamrata, not just normal nectar, <laughs> Mahamrata, great nectar of Todvirya Gayana, glorifying the Supreme Lord. So, definitely, Prahlad Maharaj is not affected by material miseries, neither is he affected by material pleasure. He cannot enjoy in that because he has a higher taste. 
Param Drishtuan Vartadi, he already has higher taste. He's not bothered. And his only misery, Shoche, means I am really concerned about, I worry about whom? People, Vimukha Chedasa Indriyartha, Vimukha Chedasa, who have turned their back towards Krishna, Vimukha. Mukha means facing Krishna. Vimukha means turning back towards Krishna. Going away from Krishna. Vimukha Chaitasa. Those who are consciousness is away from Krishna. So it's not just a physically turning away from Krishna, but the consciousness which is away from Krishna, one who has forgotten Krishna. For what? Indriyarthan. For the purpose of sense gratification. Maya Sukhaya. For what? Maya Sukhaya. Not for the transcendental pleasure, but the pleasure of the illusory energy. Because of that, they have to carry a lot of weight, <laughs> so much of struggle. So it is interesting, avidya karma samnyata tritiya sakthirishyate. So avidya is considered, because if one is in avidya, if the more one is ignorant, one has to struggle more materially. If one has more knowledge, one can, spiritual knowledge, one doesn't have to struggle materially. Because otherwise, in ignorance, Maya is very powerful to engage anyone and everyone. And so, more one is ignorance, more one has to work hard in this material world. And one will suffer. So that's why Maya, Maya Sukhaya, Bharam, Bharam means weight. Heavy weight, that's called bharam, bharam, all these words are heavy weight. Uddhohado, it's literally saying uddhohado, carrying on the head, vimudhan, they are fools and rascals, Shilaprabhu translates. So he's only worried about them, then how can Prahlad Maharaj enjoy material opulence in a material way? He can do it as a duty as his love for the Lord, but otherwise he cannot. And he was not affected by anything, including he was thrown in the poison pit, where the, all the poisonous snakes are there. He was thrown in the, in the fire. He was drowned in the water, thrown from the uh, cliff. He was trying to travel by the elephants, but nothing happened to Prahlad Maharaj. He was simply thinking the Supreme Lord, Smaranam. And because of his absorption, Magna Chittaha, he was unaffected. So how can he enjoy material? It's not possible. And so the Lord is simply showing an example of a pure devotee. As it, is, it was mentioned, we'll discuss that, you know, previously also it was mentioned that Bhritya Lakshana Jitnyasu, to show the qualities of a pure devotee, the Lord has placed Pralat in the situation. Both, when he was apparently going through difficulties and when he's going to enjoy materially. Both are simply to demonstrate the quality of a pure devotee because the Lord wants to show that a devotee is not affected by these dualities. A pure devotee is not affected by dualities. And in Bhagavad Gita there are so many verses stating this. There can be good or bad materially, but a devotee is not affected. Hmm? And it is very instructive too for ours. The reason is, if we have to carry on any service in devotional service, any devotional service, we can see in this con, we have to tolerate any service. It can be a very simple service. You know, 
just doing, I don't know, one fruit cut up, one offering, one fruit cup cut up for the Lord. If you had to do every week, once a week, or if you are cleaning, changing the bin, every week we had to do. There will always be some challenges. We'll have to tolerate something, maybe the weather, maybe the condition, maybe our health, something we had to tolerate. If you want to be steady in any service, there will be some challenges which we have to face. So that's why being steady in service is very important. Let it be any service, because on the absolute platform all services are the same. And when we try to do it consistently, we get purified. So it's very important to be steady in our service. So of course there is the internal steadiness and the external steadiness. Initially we have to come to the platform of external steadiness. Then we can talk about internal steadiness. Ultimately when we talk about Nishta, we are talking about the internal steadiness and because of the internal steadiness, external steadiness will manifest. But external steadiness in itself is not a symptom of Nishta. That's not sufficient condition to be on the platform of Nishta because that is about internal steadiness wherein a symptom of Nishta is one can hear what we are chanting. Very simple. 16 rounds we are chanting. One can hear all 16 rounds, all the mantras. Then one can say, okay, one is getting to the internal steadiness hmm? as a symptom. There, there are other characteristics. And of course, because of that steadiness, one can do services also very steadily. But even if we are not there, at least we can chant our 16 rounds. We can try to chant attentively and we can be steady in whatever service we are performing. It's very important. And here, if you see the position of Prahlad Maharaj, Prahlad Maharaj has two aspects to him. On one side, he is Nitya Siddha. He is eternally perfected devotee and he himself reveals his position in one sense because okay we can see in the verse we chanted before is unaffected by material miseries at all on one level and the Lord himself says he is the pure devotee and he brought this pure devotee simply to demonstrate the qualities of a pure devotee Bhritya Lakshana Jitnyasu who is Bhritya Lakshana Jitnyasu? Who is Bhritya Lakshana Jitnyasu? Jitnyasu means one who is very desirous of showing the qualities of a pure devotees. Who is that? Who is Bhritya Lakshana Jitnyasu? Jitnyasu means one who is desirous to show the qualities of a pure devotee. Who is that? No. No. Krishna in the form of Narsimadev. Narsimadev wanted to demonstrate the qualities of a pure devotee. So, by the Lord's desire, he was put into all different kinds of situations and at all times, he never forgot Krishna and he wanted to show that. And now he is going to enjoy materially or he is going to be in the presence of all kinds of material opulences for, not for hundred years, for one Manuantara. We are talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of years, millions of years. And all these times, he indeed performed pure devotional service. So this is a real test. This is like a sample test. In the presence of greatest of the miseries, where one is going to be killed, 
still he was simply remembering Krishna. Now on the other side, he is now awarded with all the material opulences for a prolonged period of time. Still he is demonstrating the quality of a pure devotee. So this is Jnasu is here, Lord Narasimhadev. And Prahlad Maharaj is an instrument to demonstrate that. So in that way we can see, yes, Prahlad Maharaj is a Nitya Siddha. At the same time, Prahlad Maharaj is also a Sadhaka Siddha. Because we can hear in different Puranas, Nirsimha Purana, different Puranas we can hear the Sadhana aspect of Prahlad Maharaj in the previous births. So Prahlad Maharaj has these two aspects, Nitya Siddha and Sadhaka, as a Sadhaka, as a Sadhana Siddha. And indeed, ultimately, they are one person. So the expansions actually come to this material world. There are many examples like this in Srimad Bhagavatam. For example, uh, Nanda and Yashoda. Nanda and Yashoda. They appeared as Drona and Dhara. They are again expansions of Nanda Maharaj and Yashoda Mai. So they have this eternal position and a kind of a sadhaka position. A kind of a sadhaka position. They are more of an expansion than sadhaka. The reason being, uh, they didn't have to go through such austerities to get Krishna as their son. But Prishni Sutapa, we know, in few births, they indeed went through a lot of austerities. But here, they didn't go through so much of austerities and the difference is Drona and Dhara, they didn't ask for Krishna as their son. Rather, they asked for pure devotion service in Vatsalya Bhav. So, as a result, they got their own son. <laughs> that is Krishna. <laughs> so, we can see that there are this Nitya Siddha, Sathaka Siddha positions and they both combine together in certain personalities. Here we have the example of Prahlad Maharaj. So he is both. And in the previous prayers, which are described in the previous chapter, in the ninth chapter, we can see both aspects. On one side, Prahlad Maharaj says, Trastosmiham Kripana Varsala Dusahogra. Trastosmiham. I am completely frightened. Kripana Varsala, who is very merciful to fallen souls like me. Dusahogra. So difficult to tolerate. Ugra, very fierce. Samsara Chakra Kadanath. Samsara Chakra Kadanath. Kadana means uh, misery. Samsara Chakra by the process of repeated birth and death. Samsara Chakra Kadanath. Grasatam, grasatam Pranita. I have been thrown into this material world, into this samsara. So here on one side, he is a Nitya Siddha. If we take the aspect of Nitya Siddha in this prayer, we can see that he is praying like this out of humility. On the other side, we can see he is setting an example just like a sadhaka for us who are trying to practice Krishna consciousness. So he's telling, I am just simply suffering in this world. Ushattamateengrimulam. And he's, I am completely captured by this material energy. Ushattama. Te angrimulam. So I am praying for what? One thing, one thing that is Prito Abhavarga Sharanam Hoyase Kadanu. He's asking for one thing. Please allow me to get the shelter of your lotus feet. So this is one aspect of Prahlad Maharaj. He's not really going through suffering in one sense because he was always thinking about Krishna and he didn't have any difficulties at the one, on one place. If he wanted material desires, he wanted material opulences, then he didn't have to do anything. He could have easily inherited everything from his father. 
but he himself says in his prayer what's the use of it i saw by your mercy that my father had everything all the world under his control literally speaking all the demigods under his control except a few but everything was crushed in no time so what's the use of all this material opulences all the way till the opulence of virinchi all the way till the opulence of brahma what's the use this is the point of prahlad maharaj and then he speaks further he at the same time he shows the confidence in the association of pure devotees and the confidence in the process of bhakti which is coming through the parampara so that's why he says that soham priyasya suhrda paradevataya soham he explains different rasas in which one worships the lord soham priyasya suhrda paradevataya leela katha tava nrsimha virinja geeta anjastutarmi anugrana anugranan gunavipramukto durgaanite padayugale hamsa sanga he says look simply by the process of chanting your glories chanting your past times i can easily cross over the ocean of material existence how is that he says i can easily he shows confidence anja anja means very easily titarmi i cross over guna vipramukta i'll be completely free be freed from the modes of material nature and i can cross over all the miseries of material existence very easily how padayugale hamsa sanga padayugalaya hamsa sanga it's a very interesting word padayugalaya padayugalaya means the devotees whose shelter is your lotus feet they are padayugalaya their shelter their residence is your lotus feet they are padayugalaya and they are called hamsa they are swan like devotees sanga by obtaining the sanga and by glorifying leela katha i can very easily cross over the material existence so here prahlad maharaj shows his confidence so on one side prahlad maharaj says i have no hope out of humility and on the other sides he says i have no suffering at all and i can cross over all this material suffering very easily just like a sadhaka so this is the position of prahlad maharaj and now the nature of instruction given by narsimadev is very much suiting the prayers that prahlad maharaj was already offering to the lord it was known different because kadhamadiya jushamana priya tvam madiya katha again he is talking about madiya katha his instruction message past time this is the katha this is leela katha as we described earlier so the instruction given by narsimadev is exactly the same thing be engaged in the transcendental loving service and glorify the supreme lord the same instruction is given by the lord so it's the instruction for pure devotion service and so what happens to prahlad maharaj here there is a concern that since he has to go through material enjoyment the lord is definitely assuring that prahlad maharaj doesn't have to fall down he doesn't have to go through any material miseries or he doesn't have to get deviated from pure devotion service he can simply continue pure 
devotional service. So that's why here it is mentioned about all these Vedic sacrifices. What is mentioned? Yajaswa yoga enacha karma hinnuan. So here a very specific instruction is given. Yajaswa yogena. So Yajaswa yogena means Yajaswa bhakti yogena. You serve me in pure devotion service. And na karma hinnuan. Karma na hinnuan. Don't perform any fruitive activities. So this instruction is very relevant for any Vedic king. Why? Because for a Vedic king is supposed to perform all different kinds of Vedic sacrifices and predominantly they are in fruitive in nature. So Ashwamedha, different, different, worshipping different demigods. So generally a king has to perform all the sacrifices but here the Lord is specifically instructing Prahlad Maharaj that he doesn't have to do any of those sacrifices. He simply has to perform devotion service. So in this way, the Lord is giving a very favorable instruction to Prahlad Maharaj. So that is Yajasya Yogena Chak Na Karma Hinnuan. And here, Prabhupada makes a very important point about uh, if a devotee has material opulence, what is the cause of that material opulence? Is it because of karma of that devotee or is it the blessing of the Supreme Lord? So this is an important question to be answered. And also, how should we see material opulences possessed by the devotees. There is a reason uh, there is a discussion about material opulences because material opulences are very powerful. Yes? Very powerful. As Kunti Maharani says, Janmai Shriya Shruta Shri Bhir Edamana Madapuman Naivarhati Abhidadum Vai Tvama Kinchana Gochara So Kunti Maharani says there are very powerful distractions on the path of bhakti. Just like the highway robbers in some cases. We may be traveling to a destination, but there can be different obst obstructions. There can be some different obstacle, obstacles in the progressive path of bhakti. And one is janma, aristocratic birth. Then aishirya, wealth, shruta, learning. Shri, opulences. So all these kind of things can, beauty, sorry, beauty. These kind of things can be uh, very much, uh, they can cause impediments in the path of bhakti. One can be easily be carried away by these opulences, opulence, beauty. And so, uh, Naradamani, when he spoke to Nalakuvera and Manigriva, he made a very interesting point. So he, before cursing Nalakuvera and Manigriva, he explained why is he cursing. He actually analyzes the problems with material opulence. Naradamani makes very interesting point. He says, Nahyanyo jushado jushyo buddhi brahmsho rajo gunaha srimadat abhijatyadet yatrastri dhyutamasava. He says that even though there are these four opulences, we can say, material opulences. They can distract a devotee from devotional service. Of these four, one is 
the most powerful and what is that among beauty wealth education aristocratic birth what is the most problematic beauty according to your beauty anything else any other opinion wealth any any other opi- opinion fame okay according to narada muni in the 10th chapter of the 10th canto he says it is the material opulence is that wealth because one can be intoxicated by wealth hmm? shri madad hmm? one can be op- opulated by sorry op- op- uh, completely bewildered by wealth and because of that one can get other three hmm? if one has wealth then one can have education or you can have educated people working for you <laughs> one doesn't need education but one can other there's so many they can have thousands of educated people working for you education can be all the knowledge can be at the finger trip hmm? or if you want beauty they may not be able to become beautiful but they can get beautiful partner they can get somebody who is beautiful that's not difficult <laughs> similarly one can get fame hmm? so in this way one can be very easily be intoxicated by wealth and so narada muni curses nalakuvara and manigriva so that's why uh, it is discussed here the problem with the material opulence however if a devotee possesses material opulence how can we see that okay let's consider the example of prahlad maharaj and it is very evident how can we understand the material opulence of prahlad maharaj where is it coming from is it his karma or is it a gift of the lord it is a gift of the lord hmm? how about other devotees okay prahlad maharaj is a pure devotee so for a pure devotee it is very easy to understand okay it's everything is a gift of the lord how about a normal devotee he is a sadhaka is not a pure devotee how about him or her if he or she has material opulence how can we see that is it karma or is it gift of the lord okay good point yes yes on one level we tend to see that it is karma right it can be karma because generally we are carrying our karma but here the point is if a devotee is practicing devotional service chanting 16 rounds following four great principle etc then a devotee's life is in the hand of krishna and so for a devotee even for a practicing devotee for a sadhaka uh, vishwanathakur explained there is nothing like karma for us even for a sadhaka there is nothing like karma because there is the hand of the lord so the lord is ultimately sanctioning for a devotee even for a sadhaka so the lord decides to give something or not to give something in that way yes opetir opulence can be one's karma but still the lord personally sanctions to give that to that particular devotee and so we cannot see it as karma so anything for a devotee whether it is a good or bad we cannot see it as just karma but we have to see the hand of the lord and that's why even in suffering uh, a devotee thinks tatenu kampam susamikshamano not very easy but bhunjana evatma kritam vipagam so from the viewpoint of a devotee if an individual is going through difficulty one may see it as 
one's own karma bhunjana eva atmakritam vipakam that vipakam i have done some mistakes some sins some offenses that is atmakritam so a devotee takes responsibility but still he is thankful to krishna even if one is going through difficulty see it as mercy of the lord because it's an opportunity to go closer to the lord and at the same time if something good happens then a devotee gives credit to krishna it's explained by shila prabhupada in second chapter of bhagavad gita purport so this is the nature of the devotee so ultimately we had to see that it is the gift of the lord and so even among devotees there can be this tendency that if a devotee is very rich we can become envious oh such and such a devotee is so wealthy <laughs> it's just karma hmm? we can just uh, you know see it is on a lower platform it's just his karma or her karma then comes the next point that whether it's actually karma or the lord's gift that is how that devotee is utilizing that opulence it depends on that if even if a practicing devotee becomes wealthy and if that wealth is not used in service of krishna then it is not considered gift of krishna it is gift of maya prabhu explains in the previous chapter in the purport it is gift of maya it is not really gift of krishna so even though we can generally say yes everything is gift of krishna but if that is distracting a devotee it has to be seen as maya not as krishna so there are different factors to consider when we see opulences of a devotee and as it is mentioned in this purport such a devotee always uses opulence in service of krishna and that is the only purpose and a devotee doesn't have to engage in karmakanda or gyanakanda they are considered simply as visher bhanda as naratam tastakur says visher bhanda only pile of poison they don't give any value to such kind of fruitive activities and so the lord instructs uh, prad maharaj that Uh, you don't need to do any ritualistic activities na karma hinvan no need to do any materialistic fruitive activities rather simply be engaged in pure devotion service hmm? so that is the main points from this purport and uh, this month we have a very important event going to start that is our yearly Shila Prabhupada book marathon starting on 24th of November that is just two days from now Friday and it will go all the way till 24th of December one month we have book distribution marathon and this is a great opportunity for devotees to extend Shila Prabhupada's mercy to others and also purify oneself hmm? on the absolute platform all services are equal at the same time some services can be a bit more demanding <laughs> or some services may be a bit more challenging <laughs> and it may demand immediate surrender hmm? so one of those services is book distribution as uh, i heard this point from vijay prabhu who is a book distribution minister it's a very interesting point he said that yes if you want to do any service we need the mercy of krishna but in some services we don't call out for the mercy of krishna for example if you are chopping vegetables for krishna generally generally because we are conditioned we don't call out for krishna we are actually we should actually call out for krishna even if you are chopping vegetables but we don't 
generally i don't and you think it's very easy i can just chop the vegetables that's fine but uh, in book distribution especially when we are meeting with some challenges then we tend to call out for krishna so in that way there is a need of more surrender hmm? when you, and especially when the circumstances are not very favorable people are not stopping to take a book and people may abuse sometimes <laughs> then it can become challenging and disheartening so then we call out for krishna so in that way there's an opportunity for surrender and by this process we can distribute shila prabhu's mercy to many and we have seen the power of shila prabhu's books in our lives and in lives of so many people in past few years we have seen number of devotees came in touch with us they became devotees only by the association of shila prabhu's books not from indian background non indian backgrounds that is just amazing and it's always amazed to see they just read shila prabhu's books started chanting hari krishna mantra started offering set up their altar that's it so we can see such kind of transformation and it is all possible by reading shila prabhu's books and this is an opportunity to do that and then what happens when we endeavor ourselves to distribute books then we get krishna's mercy and in the service it's very easy to see the supercation of krishna actually we get the supercation of krishna in any service <laughs> but many times we don't see that but in book distribution many times it is very easy to see how krishna acts so that is one of the interesting aspect of book distribution and so we need to endeavor to do this we have to go out of our comfort zone it's not for easy for me to go out and distribute books <laughs> i try to do that <laughs> but it's not easy for me always i feel you know do i really have to go out i felt kind of a fear some kind of a challenge but just get out and try and of course many times there are challenges people are not stopping people are not taking a book then pray to krishna and then we can see how krishna is organizing book distribution how shila prabhupada is helping us in distributing his books so yesterday chaitanya jan prabhu gave a short class on book distribution i made a very interesting point that don't just see our we are distributing books okay that is one aspect of it but it is the loving exchange between shila prabhupada and krishna and we are taking part in that loving exchange prabhupada wants to glorify krishna and he want to broadcast this glory to everyone and we are simply taking part in it and of course in book distribution we know it is a three people process we are the distributor is there and one who is receiving the book and also krishna is there as paramatma so we can see this dynamics in book distribution and we can always feel this and that's why it is very important for us to uh endeavor for book distribution and we always see some magic taking place you know so many times you know struggle and you may be tired towards the end of the marathon tired and can't distribute any books i remember one time uh, just sitting i was somewhere probably in aubrey or wangaratta somewhere a whole day distributed i was just so tired and evening i wanted to distribute and i was feeling so exhausted so i sat in the car and i was thinking you know no i shouldn't sit here i had to distribute some books and but i was feeling so tired i didn't want to go out suddenly i just made a phone call and uh, i i thought probably i would be able to sell a bhagavatam that was the intention in my heart and i just made a phone call he asked some i he immediately told i had to ask a few questions and he was started asking so many questions about bhagavatam 
Then I told him, no, you had to get a Bhagavatam. So he got a Bhagavatam straight away. I said, I'll send you when I come to Melbourne, but uh, you can pay the money. <laughs> okay, here we go. So we can always see that how Krishna acts. And this time uh, we have a very nice target to meet. We have set a target as 8,500 uh, Mahabhik books, hardbound. So hardbound Mahabhik books, Bhagavad Gita as it is, and primarily Krishna book in all different languages and Necro Devotion. So we have already books available and also 150 Srimad Bhagavatam sets. So that is also in different languages. We have Bhagavatam sets available in multiple languages. So take this endeavor to distribute books and Bhagavatam is also very cheap now. It's only $300. Usually books get expensive as years pass by. But when I bought Srimad Bhagavatam, it was $600. <laughs> now it is half price. I, I purchased maybe 20 years back. Then I got my, I told the devotee, if I get my first stipend from the university, I, I was starting my research, with the first stipend I will buy Srimad Bhagavatam. I promised the devotee. So when I got the first stipend straight away, I purchased a copy of Bhagavatam, the full set. And it was $600. And now it's only $300. <laughs> and it's a better print. <laughs> Printed in Germany and it really looks good. So it's a great opportunity. So now we can confidently say it's so cheap. One volume costs maybe 15 or 16 dollars. It's so cheap. So distribute so many Bhagavatam sets, distribute Bhagavad Gitas, and in that way try to please our Guru, Srila Prabhupada, devotees, and spread the glories of the holy name in this way. So it's a great opportunity. So kindly take part in this mission. Uh, last year we had about 150 plus devotees took part in book marathon. This time we want more than 200 devotees taking part. So uh, encourage yourself, encourage your friends, family, bhakti rikshas, encourage everyone to distribute books. Mm. So that is one message I wanted to pass on. Only two days left. Today is Wednesday. Friday we are starting. So let's pray that uh, we can distribute a lot of books for the pleasure of the parampara. So, with this I conclude and see if there are any questions or any comments. Okay, Sivia, you have a question? You have a question too? Can you pass on the mic? Please. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, thank you for the wonderful class. Prabhu, you, when uh, I was reading Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto of Kunti Maharani prayers, and Kunti Maharani says to Lord Krishna, only those who are exhausted with material opulence can approach the Lord. Yes. And later on, she also says that the persons in the material world who are full of material opulence, it's very hard for them to approach the Lord. Mm -hmm. But then in this verse, uh, it is Lord Narasimha Dev is saying that material opulence is like a blessing and mercy mm. of the Lord. So yes. how do we understand yes. this? Yes. Have you read the purport of that one? Tvam Akinchana Gojara, same verse. Janmai Shri Shruta Shribhir, Edamana Madhapun. Have you read the purport? Okay, please read the purport. I'll give the answer, but please read that purport. There, Srila Prabhupada gives two examples, or in the subsequent verse, but two examples are given about Akinchana Gojara, one who is exhausted with material opulences, material desires. One doesn't have nothing to do with that. One is Ambarish Maharaj and one is Gorkishos Das Babaji. So tomorrow is a festival. We have Pushpanjali for Gorkishos Das Babaji tomorrow. So Gorkishos Das Babaji is he's materially exhausted because he didn't have anything. Right? He was just 
sitting under a tree in a hut, that's it. And Ambarish Maharaj, he had everything. But he is also Akinjana Gochara. So it is the consciousness of a devotee. It is not whether one possesses something or not. So here, that is the example Narasamadev wanted to demonstrate through Prahlad Maharaj. That now he is going to have all the material opulences, but he is not going to get affected by the material opulences. So in that way, Prahlad Maharaj is also an example of Akinjana Gochara. Clear? Thank you. Materially exhausted, nothing to do with, completely done with the material energy. I, I don't want to enjoy materially. That desire doesn't exist. Yeah. You had a question? Yeah. Can you give it to me? Your Grace. Uh, karma. Um, the Vedic scriptures often say that when you chant the mantra, all your karma is dissolved at that point. Yet obviously we suffer karma. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so it's a very important point that when we chant, we hear the glories of the chanting, the holy name of Krishna, that all the, uh, all the karma get extinguished. Hmm? But at the same time, we suffer. So this is a common point, not only about chanting, but all devotion services. If we perform any devotion service, naturally uh, karma get extinguished. Karmani nirdhahati kinduja bhakti bhaja. Brahma Samhita says, karmani nirdhahati. It actually burns to the core. All the karma will become burnt to the core. Kinduja bhakti bhaja for bhakti bhaja for the devotees. So this is the nature of bhakti. At the same time, uh, there is a sequence in which different kinds of karma get extinguished. So karma is also classified in different ways. So it's explained. Apralabdha bhalam bhavam kudam bhijam bhalon mugam kramanyeva praliyeta vishnu bhaktir atatmanaha. So there is a sequence in which karma get extinguished. So uh, if you consider that cycle, ignorance will be washed away. It's also part of karma because we are doing all the karma because of ignorance. And the karmic activity, the sinful activity that we will stop performing, the, the proclivity to do sinful activities, that will also be washed away. And the desire to do sinful activities, that will also be extinguished. And even aprarabdha karma, aprarabdha karma are the karma which are set aside for future lifetimes they will also get washed away. So that's why aprarabdha balam pavam kudam bijam bhalon mukham. So the last one to get extinguished is bhalon mukham. Bhalon mukham means prarabdha karma, meaning the karma which we are meant to suffer in this lifetime. So by performing any devotional activities, in this sequence, in this sequence starting from the karma which are set aside for the future lifetimes, that will get vanquished. And all other sinful tendencies, they will also go down. And the final one to go away is the immediate reaction. So that's why we have to patiently tolerate <laughs> for this lifetime. Because even our body is also a result of karma. Because we are using in Krishna service, it can be spiritualized. 
So that's why a devotee, even though going through suffering, such a devotee who is advanced, doesn't see that suffering as suffering, but sees as mercy of Krishna. So that's the point. So on how we look upon those kind of difficulties that we are going through, we see them as given by Krishna so that we can go closer to Krishna. And at the same time, these are the, the mysteries which are meant to come in this lifetime. That's the last to go away. Make sense? Yeah. So there's a sequence of destruction of all this karma. Yeah. Thank you. Any final question? Or any other question? Okay. Thank you. Granthrashima Bhagavatam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai.